think we've all heard about the conversation about us not being enough good teams and, uh, you know, not responding and playing a complete game. And this was our response. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Not a bad Christmas weekend, huh? Not a bad couple of days off. Hope you enjoyed your holiday, enjoyed your Christmas, whether you got together with family or not. I had a relatively small gathering. I saw my parents. I saw my two siblings. That was about it. Able to relax, right? give some presents, and watch a lot of sports. I don't remember any other Christmas being like this. This was an amazing sports weekend, and I don't know if that's because college football got pushed back, or, or I don't know if that's because NFL games have been moved around, but... The NBA slate was great on Christmas Day. Lots of games this weekend. The Packers game was awesome yesterday, and we are naturally going to talk a lot about that. I hope you ate your fill of Christmas cookies. Maybe you had some prime rib. Um, Maybe you had uh, Sloppy Joes right the day after. Ham buns. You know, typical holiday food. Cannibal sandwiches. Talked Talked about that a couple weeks ago. Hope you enjoyed your Christmas. Hope you enjoyed your holiday. Glad to be back, and we have lots to talk about today. It's the Wisco Sports Show, and my name is Grant Bills. Naturally, we're going to talk about what happened last night, right? Like, the, like we, we, we need to talk. I've, I have been barely able to contain myself today. So excited for today's show to start because the Packers beat the Titans last night 40-14. to 14. A lot of concern coming into this game. I think Packers fans, myself included, were a little worried we had visions of, of the 49ers and of Colin Kaepernick running through our head. Like, what, what is it? And the night before Christmas, there's, there's visions of sugar plums dancing through the kid's head. When, when I went to sleep on Christmas night and on Saturday night, I was, I was just seeing flashbacks of Colin Kaepernick and Raheem Mostert just, just, just steamrolling over the Packers. That's what I had going in my head all weekend. And the Packers did it in the snow. It was a wonderful way to, to cap off the Christmas weekend last night. We're naturally going to talk about the Packer game. And I do want to talk about Badgers basketball as well. Badgers basketball came out and showed out in a big way on Friday, on Christmas morning. They won in the Breslin Center for the first time since 2004. 2004. I I knew it had been a while, but I didn't know it had been 16 years. So the Badgers getting a win at Michigan State, albeit without fans, in one of the better regular season college basketball games I've seen in a long time. Maybe the best regular season college basketball game I've seen since, dare I say it, Ben Brust's buzzer beater game in 2013 when Mike Bruzewitz was strutting around the baseline. Yeah, it's, it's been that long, I think, since I've seen a, a college basketball regular season game. I enjoyed that much. So we're going to talk about that. But naturally, I want to start with the Packers. And your text, your opinions, your thoughts, always welcome. 608-796-2558. You can tweet at me at Wisco Grant as well. I'll open up the phones if you want to give me a call. Coming up here in about 10 or 12 minutes. I had a wonderful Christmas weekend, as I said, but yesterday, not so much. Yeah, yesterday was uh, was not relaxing. I was on edge absolutely all day. I was very stressed. Felt like uh, biting my nails. I needed to pace around. I-, I was driving home from my parents after a visit yesterday, so I was driving south down the Minnesota side and through Winona and then coming over the river back into La Crosse, and there was a little bit of weather, uh, especially as I was getting back into La Crosse. I know there was more weather towards Milwaukee and towards Madison and Green Bay, on the west side of the state, at least up north, there wasn't as much snow. Like my drive wasn't a big deal, but I pulled into Lacrosse. The snow's coming down. 
And I'm, and I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling worried. Not because of the snow. I've driven in snow before, but because the Packers are playing the Titans. Right? I was stressed. And I bet a lot of you were with me yesterday. I, I don't think anybody was, was super confident, super comfortable, super excited going into this game. This felt like a playoff game. There, there was an ounce of dread thinking about Packers-Titans on Sunday Night Football for the whole country to see. Packers matched up with a playoff team, a team that can run the ball. Packers haven't exactly been able to stop the run, especially in the playoffs the last couple of years. So Packers fans are getting flashbacks, visions of Raheem Mostert and Marshawn Lynch and Colin Kaepernick, Frank Gore just running through our head all weekend long. And of course, the game's on prime time, so the whole country is going to be watching. I was worried. I was very worried, and I bet you were too. And then the snow starts falling, which magnifies everything. Like, oh, now it's a snow game, so it really feels like a playoff game. I had a pit in my stomach all day, ready to bite my fingernails off, pull my hair out. It was was nasty. But unlike last season, in the case of the, the San Francisco 49ers, and unlike week five with Tampa Bay, Packers didn't disappoint this time. Mm-mm. No. Packers hung 40 on the Titans, and Mike Patton's defense showed up and held the vaunted 10-4 Tennessee Titans to only 14 points. The Packers win, move to 12-3. The Titans fall to 10-5. Packers didn't disappoint last night, and I think a lot of Packer fans, and I'm, I'm not calling you out, I think a lot of Packers fans were worried about last night's game, myself included. I, it's not to say I was doubting my team, not to say that I, I didn't believe in my team, but we've seen this movie before. Big regular season matchup. Everyone has it circled on the calendar. Prime time. And the Packers have disappointed in the last two years. They didn't disappoint last night. 40-14. to 14, Beating Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry this, Derrick Henry that. Well, how about Derrick Henry now? He didn't even have 100 yards last night. He was almost a non-factor because the Packers scored so many points. The Titans couldn't keep up. I felt like a kid last night. I really did. I had a smile on my face. That was, that was a special, special game. I, I felt like a kid last night. I, and I don't really know where that performance came from. I don't know if it was some magical pregame speech. I didn't know if it was a great week of practice. Maybe it was the snow. Maybe it was the energy in, in the air in Green Bay last night. I don't know. But after listening to Aaron Rodgers after the game, after listening to his postgame press conference, maybe start to put the puzzle pieces together a little bit. Maybe had some context Maybe I begin to understand exactly why the Packers played so well last night. This is just a brief little statement that Aaron Rodgers made as a part of one of his answers in his postgame press conference last night. You know, we had an opportunity to you know, be in prime time against a really good opponent. I think we've all heard about the conversation about us not being enough good teams and, uh, you know, not responding and playing a complete game. And this was our response. That's kind of the NFL equivalent of David Fisdale's take that for data as he smacked the table, right? Remember that a couple of years ago? Aaron Rodgers saying, can't beat a good team, huh? Can't beat a playoff team? Can't win in prime time? Not ready for the playoffs? Overrated? We're soft? Well, this is our response. How do you like it? This was our response. You know, we had an opportunity to you know, be in prime time against a really good opponent. I think we've all heard about the conversation about us not being enough good teams and, uh, you know, not responding and playing a complete game. And this was our response. This was our response. If you look at every facet of last night's game through the lens of that answer, 
through the idea that the Packers were responding. They wanted to make a statement. If you look at last night's game through the lens of that answer, oh, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense why Mike Pettin's defense was great. It makes perfect sense why Matt LaFleur coached a great ballgame. It makes perfect sense that Devontae Adams and A.J. Dillon and Aaron Rodgers all played great. They were looking to make a statement last night. And I don't know what took them so long. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers and company just got fed up with the media talking about how the Packers uh, still not buying in. Yeah, they might win 13 games, but how good are they really? Can't be playoff teams. They wanted to make a statement last night. I, I'm I'm a fan. I really like that. That that means the players are taking it personally. Means that the players actually care what the media thinks, what the fans think. They want to show their true colors. And last night, I hope that that was their true colors and not just an aberration. If you look at every facet of last night's game through the lens of that answer, wanting to make a statement, makes perfect sense. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers, the man who made the statement. What I loved about Aaron Rodgers' performance last night, and there's a lot to love, right? Over 250 yards. He only threw four incomplete passes. He had four touchdowns. There's a lot to like. What I liked the most was that he put his money where his mouth is or where his mouth has been. That's kind of what sounds weird. Maybe it's, it's, turn that around. He put his money where his mouth is or he put his play where his mouth has been. You know what I'm saying? Aaron Rodgers for the last few years has been saying, hey, I, I want these games at Lambeau in the cold. I want to play at home in the postseason. We got to get an NFC championship game at home. We, we, we need to be playing in the snow. I want teams to come up here and play at Lambeau in Green Bay. He said that a lot, repeatedly. To the point where it almost sounds like an excuse when it doesn't happen. The Packers lose in Arizona, or they lose in San Fran, or they lose in Seattle. They lose in Atlanta. Aaron Rodgers says, well, we got to get one of these at home. It almost comes dangerously close to an excuse. Almost, 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 almost. Now, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers has been making excuses. But for as much as he's said he wants to play at home, sometimes his performance and his team's performance has fallen short of providing that home game. They've come up short of getting that one seed, that two seed in the last four or five years. And last night, he showed why exactly he wants to be at Lambeau in the postseason. Right? Rodgers talks about how he wants home field advantage. Last night, you know what? He played like he wants home field advantage. 21 of 25 for 230 yards and four touchdowns in the snow. In the snow. Now, it wasn't very cold. Well, not for us. I think it was 26, 27, which is probably cold for most people, most other fan bases, but not really cold by Wisconsin standards or Minnesota standards or Chicago standards. I'm not being a Packers homer on this, right? 26 degrees for Lambeau Field is not freezing cold. But with the snow in the air and the balls slick, everything's a little more slippery. To only throw four incomplete passes and to throw four touchdowns in the snow. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers played last night like he wants home field advantage. He didn't just talk about it. He didn't just bring it up in his press conference. He actually played like it. And that is what I loved about Rodgers' performance last night. More so than his statistics, more so than his MVP candidacy, which I'm going to knock on wood and I'm only going to bring it up once, was very much strengthened last night in primetime, especially because Patrick Mahomes should have lost yesterday afternoon. Didn't. Should have. But didn't. The NFL community saw that, and then everybody watched the Packers and Aaron Rodgers dismantle the Titans last night on Sunday Night Football, which is arguably the biggest stage in American sports. Aaron Rodgers' MVP candidacy, that's great, right? The number of touchdowns he's thrown, that's great. Most importantly, and what jumped out to me most last night was the fact that Aaron Rodgers actually played like he wants home field advantage. He didn't just mention it to the media after the game. Let's talk about Mike Pettin's defense. 
I actually got to give it up to old Mike Pettin today. I'm no fan of Mike Pettin. I haven't been all year, but got to give it up to him. Surprised the hell out of me. Held the Tennessee Titans only 14 points. I didn't think there was a universe that that was possible. Shut out the Titans in the fourth quarter. Shut them out in the first quarter. Just two touchdowns. That's it. The Packers won 40 to 14. I did not think the Packers defense had that in them. And and their approach to defending Derrick Henry and defending the run, that was that was beautiful. Force Derrick Henry to get 100 yards at four yards a pop. Don't give him anything more than four or five yards at a time. Don't let him bust a big run here and there. Dalvin Cook is, is, is very similar in that regard, right? You force Dalvin Cook to take his yards four, three yards at a time. Don't let him break one off for 15, for 20. Don't let him hit a 70-yard home run. Force him to get yards three yards, four yards at a time, and chances are you're going to do okay. That's what the Packers did yesterday, and it was a brilliant strategy. Sell out to stop the run. Force Derrick Henry to get four yards. Look, Derrick Henry did have 98 yards. That's not a miserable day. It's not like they shut him down. But he got 98 yards on 23 carries. Who cares? Right? His longest run was 10 yards. The Packers were scoring at a rate last night that mitigated Derrick Henry almost completely. He could run for 100-ish yards as long as you don't give up a home run. As long as you don't let him get momentum and and start racking up 10, 12-yard carries. He can run for 100 yards. You just have to make Derrick Henry earn those yards four yards at a time. And once Derrick Henry was slowed down and, and not eliminated, but mitigated to some extent, the rest of their defense just had their way with Ryan Tannehill. Mike Patton's defense played the best game of the year last night. And I don't think the Titans were ready for the snow. And I think once they fell behind early, they, they started to make mistakes big time. But Mike Patton's defense is there to take advantage. Right? Once Derrick Henry was slowed down, the rest of this defense had their way with Ryan Tannehill. This pass rush showed up last night. Like, I, I don't know if I've seen this season. We know Zadarius Smith is great, but I'm talking about Preston Smith actually getting home. When did that become a thing? I haven't seen that in years. Feels like years. Rashawn Gary getting home and, and impacting the passer, impacting Ryan Tannehill. Doesn't the pass rush make such a big difference? Ryan Tannehill, when just put under a tiny little bit of pressure, well, then he starts throwing the ball all over the yard. It just takes a tiny little bit of pressure. And the Packers were able to get that done. The secondary, don't even get me started on the second. I might cry. I might cry talking about the secondary. Jair Alexander eliminating Corey Davis from the game completely. I think he had three or four passes defensed, pass breakups. Kevin King was pretty good on a really tough assignment with A.J. Brown. He's a truck with legs. Those are good receivers. Jair Alexander and Kevin King were excellent. And Darnell Savage might just be turning into the player the Packers hoped when they drafted him. He's been really fun to watch, and he's a player that we've talked about the last couple of weeks, really starting to come on. Mike Penton's defense, got to give it up. Didn't think they had it in him. And finally, lastly, we got to give props to Matt LaFleur. We, we have to, because Matt LaFleur responded in a big way last night in the elements, in the snow, at Lambeau. Because remember, Matt LaFleur didn't coach great games in the elements this season at Lambeau Field. Against Jacksonville, team was very underwhelming. Against Minnesota, his team lost. He wasn't really willing to push the ball down the field and let his offense play. He was very conservative. Last night, he let Aaron Rodgers throw the ball around. He let his offense be aggressive. And that might have been the big difference in the game that allowed the Packers to win 40-14 to instead of trying to hold on 24-21. Matt LaFleur, and that, that third that third and goal, by the way, to Equinemia St. Brown, that's what I'm talking about. Third down, not afraid to take a shot in man coverage, even though it's snowing. Matt LaFleur, I thought, took a big step 
And he's going to have to be good in the elements if he wants to coach at Lambeau Field and win big games in the playoffs. By the way, Matt LaFleur's team really buttoned up last night. No penalties, no punts. Wes Hodkowitz, who covers the Packers for the Packers, Packers Packers.com, tweeted out this morning, per Elias Sports Bureau, last night was the first time the Packers did not have any penalties and did not punt in the same game since Elias began tracking penalties in 1941. Aaron Rodgers, great last night. Mike Pettin, shocker, great last night. And Matt LaFleur, really, really improving coaching in Lambeau Field, coaching in the elements, at least in comparison to the games at home against Jacksonville and Minnesota, both of which were very underwhelming games in this regular season. Let's keep talking about the Packers. This is fun. This game has me feeling like a kid. We'll take a break. I want to talk about, I think, the biggest sequence from last night's game and the the one difference in last night's game in comparison to the rest of the season, to last season. Oh, yeah, I also want to talk about Devontae Adams because he is unreal. Let's take a break. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up after this. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills, and I am your host. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas. Nice long holiday weekend. We're talking about a Packers win. Before too long, we're going to be talking about a huge Badgers win as well. I keep forgetting the Mayo Bowl is coming up on Wednesday. So that has to be that has to be on our radar this week, too. I'm going to forget about it until Wednesday morning. I guarantee it. Not because I don't care about Badgers football. I just I typically don't have bowl games on the brain come Wednesday. <laughs> mid-afternoon so I keep forgetting we got to think about that game coming up on Wednesday a lot of good stuff to talk about today and I would love to have you along 608-796-2558 you can tweet at me at Wisco Grant as well if you like to waste your life away on Twitter like I do if you don't have Twitter don't recommend it just a toxic horrible place as most of the internet is but if you're already sucked in you can tweet at me at Wisco Grant we're talking about the Packers beating the Titans last night on Sunday Night Football 40-14 40-14 to 14 the final score. I, I didn't think the Packers had it in them. I'm very pleasantly surprised. That's not to say I don't believe in my team. It's not to say that, I, that I'm, I'm not a fan and I'm not excited to watch, but I, I was nervous yesterday. That felt like a playoff game. That felt like a playoff game. Snow at Lambeau Field against a team that can run the ball. I, I, was, I was very anxious yesterday, and I was very pleasantly surprised by the Packers running away with it by over 20 points. This game was 19 to 14 at half. Or excuse me, actually it was it was 19 to 14 in the third quarter. At halftime, it was 19 to 7. Titans get the ball first in the third quarter, score and then it becomes 19 to 14 just a couple of minutes into the second half. And at this point, I'm pacing big time because the Packers were up 19 to nothing. Now they're up 19 to 14 and it seems like we have seen this movie before. Packers get out to a big lead. Their offense starts well, but they can't hold on. And it's up to us to sit there and bite our fingernails until the last second and hope that the defense can come up with a big play. Hope, 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 hope. And at half, at halftime, I would have bet money that the first possession for each team would decide the game. I was thinking at half, you know what? I think we're going to be able to tell how this game ends by the first five minutes of the second half. If the Titans score and then the Packers go three and out, not good. Not good. We've seen that movie before. We saw it in Indiana just a couple of weeks ago, or Indianapolis. The Indianapolis Colts, not the Indiana Pacers. This Packers team is all about good energy, about momentum. When everything's going good, the Packers can score. They can keep rolling. They can, they can keep the drive going. But when the energy gets a little concerning, or when the momentum dies off a little bit, then the Packers can struggle a little bit. And I thought if the Titans score, and then the Packers answer by going three and out, 
this game is not headed in a right direction. And I think we were all scared that the Packers offense was going to shut off at halftime. Now, that's obviously not what happened. The Packers offense, however, has has done this this season. They, they did it last season. Now, they've hold on to win. They've hold it on to win. They've held on to win. They did it against Carolina a couple of weeks ago. They started 21-3, to and they ended up winning 24-16. to They did this against the Eagles. They were up 23-3, to and then they ended up winning 30-16. to Now, both of those games felt comfortable, sure, but they didn't feel like the blowouts they could have or, or should have been. In 2019, you go back a year, the Minnesota Vikings. In week two, week three, it was very early on. The Packers were up 21 to nothing. They end up winning the game 21 to 16. Then against the Bears in December last year, the Packers were up 21 to three. They end up winning 21 to 13, and the Bears come within probably one extra lateral away from tying the game at the end. Packers love jumping out to leads, and then they just hold on for dear life. Well, the Packers almost found themselves in a similar situation last night. Up 19-14, to 14, they get the ball for the first time in the second half. What do they do? They score in a matter of three plays, 66 yards, a minute, 34 seconds. Just like that. And it helps when Aaron Jones rattles off a 60, 70-yard run. Of course. Packers answer. They go up. An extra score after the Titans just pulled within five. Put the Titans offense right back out there. Took all their momentum away. Just like that. Just like that. One touchdown drive. That really decided the rest of the game. That really set the tone for the rest of the game and established that the energy, the momentum, was all Green Bay, all Packers in the snow last night. And then after forcing a punt, the Packers score again, except now they start draining some clock. The drive after that, they go nine plays, 74 yards in just six minutes. Six minutes. Draining the clock down. Ramming A.J. Dillon through the middle of the offensive line, just wearing the Titans out. And it was that first score, the answer. That's what I'm going to call it. It was the answer. That's what set the tone for the second half. Maybe in 2019, the Packers go three and out to start the second half, and this game gets a lot more interesting. Maybe a couple of weeks ago, the Packers go three and out to start the second half, and things get a little more interesting. That's what we saw against Carolina. Now, Carolina's not very good, so it didn't come back to bite them. The Eagles, a couple of weeks ago, same deal. The Eagles aren't very good. So it didn't come back to bite the Packers. They ended up winning 30-16. to They beat the Panthers 24-16. But it was a 19-14 game last night. Aaron Rodgers taking the field. If that offense goes three and out, this game would have been a lot more interesting. And I almost feel like the Packers probably would have lost. This Packers team needs to be more resilient next week and into the playoffs. They need to be resilient like they were last night. Sure, they had a bad stretch, bad couple of possessions. But they were able to turn their offense back on and put more points on the board. Have a short memory, right? I was, I was thinking about this today. Maybe Aaron Rodgers has a short memory just because he never turns the ball over. So when he does turn the ball over, he's not as good as dealing with it. But Brett Favre, he had a short memory. He'd come back and throw a touchdown right after an interception. But Brett Favre was used to throwing interceptions. They were just run-of-the-mill occurrence for Brett Favre. Same with Patrick Mahomes, a little bit looser with the ball. Tom Brady throws a few more interceptions than Aaron Rodgers does, although everyone throws more interceptions than Aaron Rodgers. I just think it's interesting to think about. Maybe that's why this Packers offense isn't so resilient. Their memory isn't as short as some other teams. It's just because they're not used to making mistakes. It seems like an earth-shattering, jaw-dropping event. That's what happened against uh, Tampa Bay, right? Two straight turnovers, and the Packers didn't know how to deal with it. Just something interesting to kick around. We got to take a break here in a few minutes. Um, We will be back, and I would love to get to your calls. I see we have some calls coming in, and I apologize. Haven't got to them yet. We'll get them on the other side of this break, 608-796-2558. Going to continue to talk about this Packers win over the Titans. 
You'd think that I'd want to talk about A.J. Dillon. I, I'm an A.J. Dillon fan after yesterday. It's hard not to be. But I, I actually want to talk about Devontae Adams instead. We'll talk about number 17. Just another great game, but really a run-of-the-mill game for Devontae Adams. And I promise we will get to Badgers basketball before too long as well. So if you want to talk Badgers hoops, that big win over Michigan State, don't worry. The time will come, but we got to celebrate the Packers first. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Thanks for hanging out. I am glad you are here. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host. Pretty good day to be talking about Wisconsin sports. Packers did not disappoint. The game did not go like I think a lot of us were concerned with the way that it might go last night. Packers just, just pantsing the 49ers. 40-14 to in the snow at Lambeau Field last night. It kind of felt like a playoff game. The win felt like a playoff win. It kind of feels like the Packers exercised some demons last night. Beating another good playoff team. One that's physical. One that can run the football. And Aaron Rodgers, in doing so, may have just all but locked up the NFL MVP award. We'll see. Obviously, nothing's a done deal, but I think it's 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 difficult to be a Patrick Mahomes for MVP guy after yesterday. Mahomes should have thrown a game-ending interception. The game should have gone to overtime, but the Falcons kicker missed it because of, <laughs> of course he did. And Aaron Rodgers throws four touchdowns in the snow on prime time. That's, that's enough to make a football fan cry tears of joy. Great game last night and a lot of positives to talk about. I have to apologize because I have done such a terrible job working you into the show today. If you would like to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. 608-796-2558. Give me a call. Sorry, we got a call right before the last break and I, we just didn't have time. So if you'd like to call back, if you want to be part of the show, I would love to bring you in. You can text as well, and you can tweet at Wisco Grant if you're on Twitter, if Twitter is your thing. Everybody's talking about A.J. Dillon today, and and A.J. Dillon is is great. That's cool. He had a great debut last night. He had some moments throughout the season where he got a carry here and there, but last night was the first time we saw A.J. Dillon get extended run, literally. Uh, He got 21 carries which is twice the amount that Aaron Jones got. Aaron Jones, I guess, tweaked something, pulled something just a little bit. So he was sat down the rest of the game, or or mostly the rest of the game, and they let A.J. Dillon carry the load. 21 carries, 124 yards, and two touchdowns, including a a touchdown run where he just rocked a defensive lineman right out of the way. The other one coming on on fourth and short, and he beat the the cornerback, the safety, coming over the top, just one-on-one into the end zone. A really, really fun debut. For A.J. Dillon. And it's funny because we were kind of holding out hope all year for last night's game. All year, as A.J. Dillon kind of just hangs out on the bench, Packers fans have been saying, well, just wait until December. Wait until it's cold. Wait until it's snowy. Then it'll be time. Then it'll be time. And I wanted to believe that, but I didn't know if the day would ever come. And last night, the day actually came. The game actually happened. Where A.J. Dillon was finally turned loose in the cold in the snow at Lambeau Field. Like it was written in scripture, written in the Bible. A.J. Dillon was great. Certainly a huge positive last night and, and, and a fun talking point today. But I actually don't want to talk about A.J. Dillon right now. I want to talk about Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams had another amazing routine game. This is kind of a, a regular Sunday for Devontae Adams. 11 catches, 142 yards, three touchdowns on 12 targets. 
He caught 11 of the 12 passes that were thrown his way. Just another run-of-the-mill game for Devontae Adams, really. 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns. That's pretty normal for number 17. It's not normal for most wide receivers. It has become commonplace for Devontae Adams to have absurd stat lines like that this year in 2020. And I enjoyed watching his performance just a little bit extra last night after talking to my uh, my grandma yesterday. If you follow me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, you would have seen the tweet. But I was driving back down to Lacrosse uh, after visiting my, my parents for a little bit this weekend. And I pulled over because I was on the phone with my grandma and it was starting to snow. So I was like, well, I'll pull off. And we ended up chatting for about 25 minutes. And at some point she asked, so the Packers are on at 7 tonight, right? And I said, yep, they'll be on NBC so if you turn on NBC at around 7, you'll see a little bit of the pregame, and then it should start around you know, 7.20, 7.25. And we were talking about the Packers a little bit, and, and she likes watching the Packers, uh, but I don't, I don't know if she's a, a hardcore sports fan. She watches because that's Wisconsin's team, right? And right now she's living alone, so she doesn't have much else to do. She does her crosswords. She reads, prays the rosary, <laughs> that's about it, and watches the Packers. And we were talking on the phone, and... and She's 86, and her memory is not great through her own admission. She's like, ah, I got to keep up with my reading, keep up with my crosswords to keep my memory sharp. And her entire preview of last night's game, all she said was, I said, game's on at 720, and she goes, okay, I'll make sure to tune in. I just I just hope that Aaron can throw some, throw some nice passes to that one specific man who always makes the beautiful catches. And I'm like, Grandma, I think you just... I think you just wrapped up the 2020 Packers in a nutshell. That's all you really need to know. You don't even need to know names. You need to know Aaron Rodgers, beautiful passes, and that one specific guy who always catches great passes. That's Devontae Adams. She kind of nailed nailed it right on its head. That's all they really did last night. Of course, they handed the ball to A.J. Dillon a bunch, and the pass rush was good, and Darnell Savage had an interception, and Jair Alexander was great, but let's be real here. My grandma, 86 years old, kind of... Kind of said all that needed to be said. Eh, Aaron Rodgers will throw some beautiful passes to that one guy who always makes the beautiful catches, and the Packers will win. And I kept thinking about that throughout the game last night. I was like, ah, Grandma, you were right. And it made me smile because all the things we worry about as Packer fans, we worry about playoff seeding, and we, we worry about primetime performance, what the media is going to say about our Packers. We say we tune it out, but we don't. We hear what Colin Cowherd and Stephen A. Smith say about the Packers, and it eats at us. That's just fandom. That's not embarrassing. That's not petty. That's just what sports fandom is. We worry about that. We worry about the playoffs. Oh, the Packers are going to lose in the playoffs again. Are they going to blow a lead? My grandma wasn't worried about any of that yesterday. She just wanted to see Aaron Rodgers throw some beautiful passes. She wanted to see that one specific guy, Devontae Adams, make some beautiful catches. That was enjoyable enough for her. That's all she needed. That's all she wanted to talk about. And, and I thought Devontae Adams' best catch, that one specific guy's best catch yesterday, wasn't even a touchdown, of which he had three. I thought Devontae Adams' best catch was the one up the boundary on third down where his hands just appeared out of nowhere and sucked it in. It was very Adam Thielen-ish. I've watched a lot of Vikings this year, and Adam Thielen makes a lot of these plays where it seems like he's covered, he's covered, he's covered. Oh, there's the ball, whoop, and his arms just extend at the last second and pull it in. Aaron Rodgers spoke after the game just a little bit about that throw and, and how that play happened. One of the best plays of the night, probably the biggest highlight and the, the craziest catch Devontae Adams made. He had 11, so it's he's got competition, but I think this was his best one. We had a draw called, actually, uh, with the option to get to a pass, and I just kind of alerted, uh, you know, slightly different uh, 
adjustment on that one. Just want to take a shot with Devontae. I figure they're going to be getting the players super soft or, or, or heat us up big time. I didn't think there was going to be any in between. And based on the pre-snap, I could tell that there was something coming. Uh, they brought uh, an empty pressure, uh, zero pressure. And I just tried to get the ball up early to Devontae. Um, you know, a good corner on him. And he made a spectacular catch. I mean, it's, it's a spectacular catch in September. Um, but we're talking about, you know, December 27th uh, in this type of uh, weather, cold, ball slick. Um, you know, he's a special, special player. That's what blows me away is we are grading Devontae Adams 11 catch, 142 yard, three touchdown performance. We should be grading it on a curve. Like We should be saying, well, and he did all that in the snow, but you don't need to qualify it. You don't need to put, you don't need to, to put that disclaimer on it. Well, yeah, it was in the snow. No, that stat line, that performance, some of those catches are, would have been amazing catches in September when it's sunny and dry and warm. Not when the ball is covered with snow and everybody's gloves are wet and it's cold and you can't feel anything with your fingers. Last night's performance for Devontae Adams would have been amazing in August in a preseason game. And yet it's just another run-of-the-mill game for Devontae Adams in 2020. Snow or no snow. Prime time or not prime time. The Titans are a pretty good team. Doing it in the biggest moments. It was a, it was a brilliant performance. And the whole time, selfishly, I'm thinking of my grandma. Because of, of all the Packers she mentioned, she mentioned Aaron Rodgers. And that one specific guy that always makes the beautiful catches. Which, of course, is Devontae Adams. And I kept thinking about that throughout the game. That made me smile. I, I thought after the game, Olivia Reiner of USA Today and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel asked Aaron Rodgers an awesome question. I thought this is one of the best questions asked by the Packers beat this year. In the middle of the week, pregame, postgame, I I thought this was a top five question of the entire Packers season by the Packers beat. Olivia Reiner asked Aaron Rodgers, look, Devontae Adams said he's learned a lot from working with you over the course of his career, right? Coming up as a rookie in 2014 and being around you in an MVP year, going to an NFC Championship game. Devontae Adams has learned a lot from you. But Aaron, what have you learned from Devontae Adams? I thought that was a brilliant question. Here's Aaron's answer. It's been fun to see our friendship grow over the years. I have just a ton of respect for him as a person. I think he's a fantastic human being. Uh, Just, you know, it's an honor to play with him. I love his approach. You know, I think he's such a great competitor. Uh, He's uh, very hard on himself. Uh, but he has positive self-talk, which I think is a great combination. Uh, Big Dog is a great example of that for all of us. But he's a sponge. You know, he's always been a sponge. He he soaks up so many things from all the interactions, and it's just fun to be able to have the unspoken uh, communication with a guy like that. You know, it's been it's been a special week for me. Uh, you know, a lot of great moments uh, this you know Christmas week for me personally, and. And one of them was being able to, uh, you know, give him a a little present. But I wrote him a, a real long message and just let him know how important he is to me and just how much I value his friendship and I appreciate the way that he inspires me and, and our team. Can't say enough great things about uh, the kind of person that he is. And then when he had the talent, and the ability, and go out there and and dominate the way he has. You know, I've said for so long that uh, that Charles was the was the best player that I played with. And Charles could dominate in a way I've never seen a nickel corner dominate before. It's probably time to start putting Devontae in that conversation because he is uh, he's that type of player. He's a special player. A comparison to Charles Woodson. Yeah, I'd say that's significant. Say that's pretty meaningful. 
I was in awe watching Devontae Adams yesterday, and I've seen him have games like that for two years now. He is brilliant every week. He puts up 150 yards, 10 catches, couple of touchdowns. It feels like every single week. And if you own him in fantasy football, you are, you're probably well aware. He is one of the most productive wide receivers in the league each and every week. He just catches everything thrown his way. But yesterday blew me away, I think, more than any game this season because it was in the snow. And he was just showing a little bit of everything. His footwork, his possession-wide receiver skills down the field along the boundary, but also picking up yards after the catch and fighting into the end zone, lunging for his first touchdown of the night from like five yards out. I was just in awe watching him last night. And it blows my mind because he somehow found a way to be his best self seven years in. He's drafted in 2014. He's been on the Packers for a long time. Doesn't really feel like it, but he has. And he's always been productive. He's always been good. You saw moments even in 2014 as a rookie that made you get excited. But somehow, seven years in, he has found a way to get even better. And guys like Larry Fitzgerald and Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson, Megatron, they all found ways to be productive at an older age. Larry Fitzgerald is still productive. Sure-handed, great blocker, great situational. He's a great leader. Those wide receivers have found ways, even as their physical skills deteriorate just a little bit, they're still productive players. They've remained very, very good. But Devontae Adams... It's not like he's mentally getting better. It's it's not based on leadership, not based on hands. He looks bigger, faster, stronger, taller, more balanced, more poised. He looks like a better better physical version of himself in year seven than he did three years ago, right? His career trajectory has followed more of an NBA path where he was drafted as a prospect, really raw, and he's built up his body. He's learned the skills, right? NBA players are drafted these days. They don't even know how to shoot. Teams have to teach an 18-year-old player to shoot. That's not how the NFL works. You're drafting players who are grown men. They're more polished. Devontae Adams, he's followed the career trajectory of an NBA player where he's put muscle on. He's got bigger, faster, stronger, and he's gotten better at literally everything. Literally everything. His breakaway speed is better now than when it was when he was four years younger. Like, he gets the ball in his hand and he can run away from guys now. I don't remember him doing that two or three years ago. Looks better than ever in year seven, which is really, really cool. 608-796-2558. Get to some texts coming up here in a few minutes. Let's take a break and let's maybe look at the playoff picture and take a look ahead to week 17. I see we have a text from our friend Bob and a couple of others. Some Bears fans I know have texted the show. And it's funny because I want to talk about the Bears and the Packers upcoming week 17 matchup and why I'm not worried. Not because the Bears aren't very good. Not because of Mitch Trubisky. No, no, no. It's much simpler than that. I'm not worried that the Packers let down next week. I'm not worried that the Packers miss out on the number one seed. And coming up next, I will explain why. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. Thank you so much for hanging out. A lot to talk about today. Easy day to talk about Wisconsin sports. Packers beat the Titans 40 to 14. Yes, you heard me right. 40 to 14. Not 24 14. Not 17 14. No. Packers slammed the door. Packers actually pulled away from a team. Didn't think it was possible. Hadn't seen it the last two years. A lot of good stuff to talk about today. We're going to get into the Badgers coming up after 5 o'clock. I have not forgotten about the Badgers. In fact, quite the opposite. I'm going to make the case to you that Friday morning's win at 
Michigan State. One of the best regular season college basketball games I've seen in the last couple of years. <gasps> you might have to go all the way back to the Ben Brust game in 2013. I, I thoroughly enjoyed from whistle to whistle. That was one of my favorite college basketball games I've ever watched on Friday. Winning at the Breslin Center for the first time since 2004. I had a blast. Not forgetting about the Badgers. Not one bit. Not a chance. We're going to talk about them coming up at 5.30. So hang around. We'll get to the Badgers. Don't worry. In the meantime, let's talk seating. We, we have to get down to business. Uh, we do need to talk business. We can't just praise Devontae Adams and talk about how A.J. Dillon's legs are big. We actually do have to talk some business today. The Packers have the driver's seat for the one seed. They are in control of their own destiny with the one seed. And that's something we knew last week. That that didn't change. But the playoff picture is now very clear. If the Packers want home field advantage and a number one seed in the NFC playoffs, win. That's it. Now, if they lose, they could also get home field advantage with a Seattle loss. That's it. Now, the Saints could get the one seed if Green Bay loses and Seattle wins. Seattle gets home field advantage if New Orleans loses and Green Bay loses, which I don't think is very likely. I also don't think a a Seattle loss is very likely. It was just announced Trent Williams and Brandon Ayuk both out. I I don't think Seattle's losing this weekend. So if the Packers want the one seed, they better beat Chicago at Soldier Field. That's the expectation. It's clear as day. Go make it happen. That is their mission. I talk with our morning show host here in lacrosse three times a week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. A little something we like to call the G-Spot. Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.20 a.m. By the way, I'm going to talk to Ebo and Madison at 7.40 tomorrow. Uh, so if any of you uh, Ebo listeners want to hear more of what I have to say, I'll be on at 7.40. Got to set the alarm a little bit earlier. Get up, get a, a workout. I got to make Ebo proud. Let him know that I'm not burning daylight because he will, uh, he'll be very upset. I talk with our morning show host here in lacrosse three times a week. And this morning was interesting. Because Dave, who hosts the WKTY Morning Show, asked me if I'm worried that the Packers let down against the Bears this weekend. You know, after a big emotional win, looking towards the playoffs, let down with a chance to clinch home field, right? Maybe you let down because you get caught looking ahead into the playoffs. Think about Tampa Bay, think about New Orleans, Seattle. He asked me if I'm worried if the Chicago Bears might sneaky upset the Packers this weekend. Sometimes weird things happen in Week 17. Now, if the Packers were playing the Lions or if the Packers were playing the Minnesota Vikings, I might be worried about a letdown. Yes. If the Packers, for some reason, were playing a weird random AFC team, a weird crossover game, then, yeah, I'd be worried about a letdown. If the Packers were playing the New York Giants, weird NFC matchup, yeah, I'd I'd be worried about a letdown. Absolutely. If the Packers were playing the Chase Wolf-led Wisconsin Badgers, even without Jalen Berger and Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis, I would still be worried about a letdown. Yes, I would be worried. The Packers are playing the Bears. I'm not worried about a letdown. I'm not worried that the Packers are going to be looking ahead. Not going to be worried that the Packers might have have one foot out of the regular season already. I'm not worried that the Packers are going to have an emotional hangover after a big win against Tennessee. I'm not, no, not worried about it because they're playing the Bears. The Packers could be 15-1. and one. They could be 1-15. They're playing the Bears. There will be no looking ahead. There will be no emotional letdown. Aaron Rodgers, when he was born, he came out of the womb, and the doctor held up a young Aaron Rodgers, and the doctor didn't say, oh, it's, it's a boy. You know what the doctor said? He said, oh, look at this. 
This baby was born to torment the city of Chicago and fans of the Chicago Bears franchise. It actually says so on Aaron Rodgers' birth certificate. That's why he was put on this planet. And I don't care if the Packers are going for 13-3, and they're going for 16-0, and they're going for the one seed, they're going for the number one overall pick. It's the Bears. All that needs to be said, Aaron Rodgers never turns down, never, ever, ever says no to an opportunity to beat the Chicago Bears. Doesn't matter the time, the down and distance, the situation, Monday night football, Thursday night football. Let's say both teams got COVID, God forbid, and the game was played on a Tuesday, Tuesday night football. Doesn't matter. It's the Bears. It's not the Lions at Ford Field where occasionally weird things happen. It's not the Vikings where maybe Ryan Longwell kicks a game-winning field goal and they make it into the playoffs only to be beaten up because Joe Webb's their quarterback, right? Weird things can happen in Week 17. Yes, I'll give you that. Not against the Chicago Bears. Because Aaron Rodgers wakes up every day looking for any possible way to torment the city of Chicago and the Chicago Bears. And this coming Sunday, he has an opportunity to do so. An opportunity he only gets twice a year. And it's an opportunity that Aaron Rodgers, and by extension the rest of the team, it's an opportunity they really, really relish. No, I'm not worried about a letdown. It's the Bears. Aaron Rodgers probably is going to forget the playoffs or even a thing because he's going to be so focused on wanting to beat the Bears. No, I'm not worried. If the one seed and home field advantage isn't motivation enough, playing the Chicago Bears should do it. Packers might be more impressive this week than we were last week or when they played the Bears on Sunday Night Football a couple of weeks ago. No, not worried about a letdown. Not at all. And we'll talk more about that game, more about the playoff picture as the week goes on. But just something to plant in the back of your mind and come back to as the week goes along. That's the situation. Packers win and they're in. Win and they're the one seed. That's simple. Let's take a break. I want to continue to talk about the Packers and I also want to talk about our Wisconsin Badgers. We'll get into the basketball team and that impressive win over Michigan State. Coming up next, more of the Wisco Sports Show after this. 